Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 11. As you're turning there, I just want to remind you that we have a special day next week. Uh, it is our annual B Day where we will be the church. We will not be having service right here, but we're going to have groups around our city and county. We are partnering with organizations and people to serve um, our city and people who are in need. Um, so uh, if you would like to be a part of a group, you, you're going to need to sign up by 5 o'clock today so we can close those and be sure we have everything that we need to make those happen next week. So be sure that you do that before you leave today or, or before 5 o'clock today um, so we can uh, be sure we got everything covered. We've got a group that's going to be at Highland Rivers that's going to be painting. We've got another group that's going to be at another location at Highland Rivers, and they're going to be doing some uh, trimming shrubs and getting their yard ready for fall. Uh, we have a group that's going to be at, at the Open Door Boys Home uh, that's going to be doing some patching of the holes there um, in in uh, that organization. We're going to be feeding all of our first responders. Um, if you know someone, um, they may be an EMT, a fireman, um, policeman, policewoman, whatever, however they're serving, if they work in the 911 center, we're going to be um, Downtown, we're going to be parked out front of uh, the station there. Vamos Taco Truck is going to be there serving, and we're going to be helping them. We're going to be saying thank you. Uh, so if you know someone next Sunday who's a first responder and they are on shift, we want to say thank you for serving. So we're going to be feeding them next Sunday. So we have groups around. So like I said, so if you've not joined one, be sure that you do that by 5 o'clock today. Also, I just want to remind you, on October the 31st, we have a baptismal service. We've had about 88 people saved uh, since Christmas, so we should have. We should have a good little line of people that need to be baptized. So if you need to be baptized, uh, you may have been baptized uh, as a child. Uh, you may have been baptized five years ago, but you've been through some things, uh, and you want to make uh, a declaration of your faith, this is the time for you. So I encourage you. You can go online. You can go on your app. You can go on our social media sites, and you can uh, let us know that you want to be baptized. You can pick which service you want to be baptized in. And then after baptismal service on the 31st, we're going to have a celebration uh, out in our courtyard, weather permitting. So let's be in prayer for that. And uh, if you need to be baptized, be sure you sign up as soon as possible. Um, and as you're turning to John chapter 11 today, I want to say thank you so much for being faithful with your tithes and with your offering, as you always are. It allows us to do some incredible things for people around the world. This week, we're going to be posting a uh, mission update video for you to see whenever you give a portion of your tithes and offering goes to uh, help plant churches around this world. So if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing, not only here, but around the world through our giving, our ushers will be at the door today. You can fill out an envelope um, as you leave today, or you can go uh, on your app. You can go online at LegacyRome.com, or you can text in any amount to the number on the bottom of the screen there. Once you get that set up, it's an easy process. So thank you so much for your faithfulness with your offerings and with your tithes. I'm going to start today in John chapter 11. I'm going to read quite a uh, quite a few uh, verses today. I'm going to skip around, so follow me. I'm going to let you know whenever I'm skipping some verses just to make the most of our time this morning. John chapter 11 uh, says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. 
And Jesus heard that. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Say, glorified through it. Verse 14, then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Wait, I'm confused, Lord. You just said that this wasn't going to kill Lazarus, and now a couple of verses later you're saying Lazarus is dead dead. I'm, I'm confused here. And in verse 15, he said, I, I, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I, I'm still confused, Lord. I, you just said he's dead. And I told you days ago that he was sick. And now you want to go see this dead man. Has anybody ever been there where you've been praying and you felt like your prayers did not make it out of the room. Has anybody ever been there where you felt like, Lord, it's too late now. That ship has already sailed. Uh, it's dead. It's gone. Uh, thanks for coming, but I really don't need you right now. Verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Verse 34. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take the stone. Martha, the sister who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead for four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But, but because of the people who were standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Look at your neighbor this morning. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to come out of this. Come on, tell somebody, I'm, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming, I'm coming out of this. Right here in this very verse, we see the greatest teacher ever, Jesus Christ. And he is he's making his way as he always does. I just shared four or so weeks about whenever Jesus comes into a situation, it always changes. And wherever Jesus went, he was carrying the gospel. Why? Because he was the gospel. The word said whenever he came 
to this planet, whenever he became life here on earth, that, that the word came alive here on earth. He was the gospel everywhere he was going. This message, the, the, the words that he was sharing, uh, the stories and the parables that he was sharing, it was, it was changing lives. And everywhere he went, multitudes started following the greatest teacher ever to walk earth. And whenever he would come from city to city, he had, he had certain places that he liked to stay. I think he is like some of us. Whenever you go on vacation, you like to stay in a certain place. You like to eat at a certain restaurant. How many hotel snobs do we have in, in, in the building where you can only stay at certain places? If you don't check your sheets when you lay down, you should. Whenever you go into a hotel room, just let me tell you, never know what you're going to find in a hotel room. And Jesus was there, and he liked going to certain places and every time that he would come into the city of Bethany every time that he would come into this city he would usually stay at the home of Mary Martha and Lazarus and when looking at the situation some would question why was it, were, were they a favorite or why would he choose to stay in a certain home and if you were asked my opinion I would give you a couple of things and number one if you're taking notes why um, whose home that Jesus chooses to come and, and reside in. It's a place that, uh, where the people really know who he is. They really, knew, they really knew who Jesus was. Before Jesus could get comfortable, before he could really just let his presence rest in a home, he had to be certain that they really knew who he was. They just did not know that he was a miracle, that he did the miracles, but, but, but he wanted them to know who he really was. For it, it, I don't know about you, but it's really hard to rest in a room full of strangers. As I was saying, first service, I've flown a, a, across the world and I will never sleep. I could barely ever sleep a wink on a plane because I just can't rest in a room full of strangers. How many times has Jesus? tried to get into our homes how many times has Jesus come knocking on our door yet it was like no one there really knew him it was like he was a stranger it was like he was walking into a room full of strangers no one looked up when he came into your home door no one offered him a seat no one hugged his neck no one kissed his cheek no one greeted him no one asked is there anything I can do for you number one I think he likes places where people knows him because sometimes you just want to go where everybody knows your name. Isn't that right? Sometimes you want to rest with people who know you and know where you are and know where you're going because it's just hard to rest in a room full of strangers. Number two, why did Jesus always choose this house? Because he knew that they could host him well. He knew that they had, could host him well. He had been there before and the response that they showed Jesus made him want to come back for more. They made him feel like he was at a home. Uh, they, they, they knew his favorite dishes. They knew what he liked to drink. They knew his favorite thread count for his sheets, somebody. They knew him so well. They knew exactly what made him just settle in and want to come back for more. And they even had a place just waiting 
for Jesus to come because at the age there was no telephone, there was no social media. He, he, could, not, he could not drop his location to let them know when he was going to be there. So there, there, there was no way that, that, that they knew he was coming except whenever he was just a little ways away. So they always had a place prepared for them. Him. They always had, they were always there waiting with open arms, just waiting. Is Jesus coming today? Is Jesus coming today? So, so that whenever he would walk into their front door, they, they didn't have to clean up everything. They didn't have to straighten up everything. How many of you, whenever you hear a knock on the door, you get down on the ground and you're real quiet because you don't want anybody knowing you're home? You're lying. Or as soon as somebody comes in, you're you sending your kids up. They're throwing everything under their beds and couches. And you want to look like everything's all good. Here we are today. So glad you could be here. But do you know how to host the presence of God? I know you know how to host him in church. We just did it. But do you know how to host the Holy Ghost in your house this morning? Do you know what it's like to turn your bedroom into a prayer closet? Do you know what it's like to turn your house into a sanctuary and just begin to sing praises to him? I know you can host him at church, but can you host the Holy Ghost in your home? Do you have a place set up just for Jesus in your house? There's nobody who can get in there but him. There's no man, there's no woman that can fill that place. Social media can't fill it. A book can't fill it. A romantic novel can't can't feel it. Come on, somebody. Will and grace can't feel it. Nothing. Netflix cannot feel it. Only Jesus has that place in your house. And Jesus loves to come to places where he is well hosted. Number one, you need to know him. And two, can you host well? This host spirit, this, 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 this kindred spirit that, 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 that was on Mary and Martha and Lazarus, it's important to note this morning that although they had been so close to Jesus, Jesus had literally been in their home just because they had been so close to him. It did not eliminate them from hard times. It, it, it doesn't matter who you are. There will be moments whenever you face difficult times. Can I hear an amen this morning? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, jot it down. It says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment, our light affliction. How many of you know that sometimes light afflictions can get heavy really quick? My, my, my light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. You may feel abandoned by someone. Your uh, abandonment may be your light affliction. Your heart may be broken or hurting. That may be your affliction. Life may have dealt you uh, uh, some disadvantage. That may be your that may be your light affliction. You may have lost your job. You may have a child that's wandering in the streets of the world this morning. You may have received an eviction notice on your house this very week. You may have received a bad doctor's report. The Bible says that those are just light afflictions. But 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 pastor, you don't understand. I've I've been I'm I'm, I'm faithful 
faithful to the church, and, but, but, but I still have light afflictions. I've been faithful in my giving, but, but I'm still dealing with this affliction. I'm a, I'm a leader, but I still have light afflictions. I, I'm, I'm the example of, of a parent. I'm, I'm PTO president, and I go to all their games, and I do everything that good moms and good dads should do. But, I, but why do I still have light afflictions? Well, let me tell you that you are not alone because there is no one that has ever lived or no one that will ever live that has never dealt with afflictions in their life. But the good part of this verse is, is that they are just for a moment. Can I get an amen this morning? It is just for a moment. The Bible says that Jesus got the word about Lazarus and he said, this sickness is not unto his death, but for the glory, somebody say glory, the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. He said, it's not going to kill him, it's, it's, it, but it's all for my glory. I, I know this is inconvenient. I know this is painful, but it's for my glory. I never told you that it was going to be easy. I never promised you that you would not get frustrated. I never told you that your feelings would not get hurt. But let me remind you, you are the one that said, Lord, use me. Hmm. How many times have we been praying, Lord, use me? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Take my heart, Lord, speak to you. Lord, just use me, use me, use me. So now the Lord is saying, let me use you. You, you, you said you wanted me to use you. Now, now, now let me do that because when I use you, it will be on my terms. So let me do that. Let me, let me, let me use you to bring some glory to myself because I, I need a group of people. I need somebody that can walk through fire and not get burned up. He said, I need some people that can pass through the floods with me and not drown. I, I need some people that can handle the pressures and the winds of life and not bell on me whenever it gets tough. Look at your neighbor and say, can God trust you with trouble? Can he trust you with pressure? Come on, look at somebody. I mean it. Can he trust you with trouble? Can, 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 can he give it to you and you work your way through it? We are living in a time like none other. There has never been a time in the church like this when we have so many tools, so many resources to help us grow and mature. We have conferences, we have books, we have workbooks, we have small groups, we have downloadable books. You don't even have to go to Barnes and Noble. You can you can you can rent books on Amazon. You can get audible books so someone can read it to you and you don't even have to use your mind. You we've got podcasts, you can stream the world's best teachers and preachers and conferences. We have schools of ministry. We have online engagement programs, all to help us grow and to cultivate us into mature spiritual beings. But yet we live in one of the most immature spiritually generations ever. Yet there's, we have all of these resources, yet there's so much weakness in the church. Amen. And when I say weakness in the church, I'm talking, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people in the church, people inside the church now get so offended so easily. People, people in the church sometimes they, they 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 can't take the heat in the kitchen, but they still want to tell you how to cook. Anybody got one of those people that always have an excuse? I, I'll 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 be at church next week. Next week, does anybody know any next week type of people? Every time you invite them, they're 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 full of despair. They they. 
they walk in defeat, but I will, I'll come to the Lord next week. People are always who are the victims, and they can never be the victor. But, but pastor, once again, you don't understand. I've been disappointed by so many people. Take a number. So have I. Pastor, you don't understand. There's been so many people in the church that have hurt me. Take a number. So have I. Can I get an amen? People in the church will hurt you. You want to know why? Because they are people. They are people. That's why you don't put your confidence in man. Amen. Man and woman, they will let you down in these last days. But, 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 but I just lost confidence in the church. And that's the problem. You haven't lost your confidence. You misplaced your confidence when you put your confidence in people and not the Lord. But whenever you put your confidence in the Lord, he works all things out for your good. You will be disappointed in people. I will let you down. Why? Because I'm a man. And I don't, women, I don't know if you know this or not, but men's brains are a lot smaller. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Take up another offering after that. <laughs> I'm man. I can't remember everything. But as soon as you start worshiping me, you will lose faith in the Lord. As soon as you start worshiping personalities, as soon as you start, start worshiping famous preachers and evangelists, and you raise them up more than you do the Lord, your faith in God starts to dwindle. And, 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 but, but you don't understand, I've been hurt in all of these things. And I've, you know, my, my confidence, I, I, was at a, I was at a gathering of, of pastors and leaders uh, last week or week before. And I was, I was talking to them. Someone was asking me if, if I had heard about the chaos happening in Hillsong Church in Australia. Probably one of the most well-known movements in, in modern day times. And, and we, we were talking about the situation. If you don't know about it, don't Google it. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's been an... There's been an erosion in the church, and there's, there's some say that there's claims of faults, some are true, and they're going through these things. And, and, and now here we are. Many, many are walking away from the faith because of what they are seeing famous leaders doing. We, 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 we saw Carl Lentz, and we saw Brian, and, and we saw all of these people in this movement that have been put in front of us for us to look at and to, and, and, and to, and to um, uh, make ministries that, 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 that look like those people and now here we are we put so much confidence in these people and now that they are not living up to it now there are hundreds they're saying thousands of people are leaving the faith because of this and that's the problem we are a people that have more faith in Hillsong than we do in a hill called Calvary we are people who have more faith in movements than we have the one who makes the world move itself and whenever this happens we start to lose faith in Jesus at the end of the day this is why you've got to have something in you beyond church. Can I get an amen this morning? You've got to have something inside of you that goes beyond Sunday mornings. You've got to have something inside of you that reaches beyond people. You've got to have something inside of you that goes beyond leaders in your life. Because there are a lot of people that are filled with church but are not filled with the Spirit. Ooh. Churchy people. Jesus. When I'm talking about legacy church, I say we are not churchy people. I'm just going to let you know. I've never been in a church that complained 
less than you guys. I hardly ever hear complaints. If y'all complaining, y'all ain't doing it to me. Thank you. <laughs> Keep talking behind my back and it's okay. We don't hear complaints all the time. I've been in some churches, I couldn't even, I couldn't even open my eyes without somebody complaining about something. Churchy people. Churchy people, my way or the highway, us four or no more. I'm so glad that we're not a bunch of churchy people, but we are a church that knows the power of God, and we've been washed in the blood, and we are saying, whosoever will, let them come. Some of us are filled with church but not filled with the Spirit. And I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians chasing personalities more than they're chasing after God. I'm tired of seeing the young pastor wanting to dress and act a certain way. Why? Because so-and-so was doing it. I'm so tired of seeing leaders who are working on titles more than they're working on the kingdom of God. I'm so tired of seeing Christians chasing after fads and not chasing after the Holy Ghost. These are fire chasers. They're always running around to the next hot thing. Some of you know these as church hoppers. They're, 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 they're revival hoppers. Every time prophet so-and-so's over there, let me go see the prophet. Give me your word. So-and-so, the evangelist is over there. Let's let him come touch me and breathe on me. Uh, and, they're, and then they're chasing. The, they're, 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 they're fire chasers because they want to run to the next hot altar and worship around the coals of somebody else's sacrifice. They love a hot altar that they didn't have to pray over. They love a, 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 a kicking worship service that they didn't have to fast for. They love it when the Holy Ghost just comes in and just like Shekinah glory and settles among his people and they never have to lift a finger to cultivate it. They're fire chasers and they're looking for the next big thing. They're chasing after fire, but they couldn't start a fire if they tried. We are too busy looking for something to hold on to that is tangible. But be careful because if it's tangible, it's changeable. If you can touch it, it will change. The Word says everything, everything that we can see, it is temporary. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it'll be gone. Life is like a vapor. It'll be If it's tangible, it's changeable. And when these things that we've been holding on to like man, or these things that we've been holding on to like a certain style, or these things that we've been holding on to like, 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 like some big movement around the world, if, if we are hanging on to these things tighter than we are hanging on to our Savior, we lose hope when those things start to change. And where is your faith? But I've been in church for years. I don't care how long you've been in church for. I know some mean people who say, I cut my teeth on the back of a pew. I don't care how long you've been in church. Knowing the church and knowing God are two different things. And we've got people in the world that know the church like the back of their hand. But they've not talked to the Lord in a year. But they look good. They can walk with the saints because they know the church but don't know the Lord. It's two different things. God said, but I thought you said 
you wanted to be used. Well, I did, Lord. But, I mean, I want to be used. But not like that. I didn't think I was going to get an affliction whenever I said, Lord, use me. Anybody ever been there? I said I wanted to be used for your glory. But I didn't know I was going to go through that, Lord. You know, when I said that, I thought I was going to be a singer. I thought I was going to get a solo, Lord. That's what I really meant. Okay? Lord, when I said use me, I, I thought I was going to be a public speaker. When I said, Lord, use me, I thought, I mean, I knew that you were going to give me some type of gift that I was going to be able to use and lay my hands on people, and then I was going to be able to set them free. But, Lord, but instead, I said, use me, and you gave me an affliction. Why do I have to deal with these light afflictions? Why do I have to go through stuff? And God is like, yes, that's what I chose for you. Because hmm. I'm looking for a generation. I'm looking for a church. That can point that I can point to and say, they know how to walk through trouble, yet still praise me. I'm looking for a generation. They may come into my house with a broken heart, but they can still get their feet to dancing because they, they know that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Now, I'm looking for a people. They don't know what tomorrow holds, yet there is still praise on their lips. I'm looking for a people don't, that, that they do not throw in the towel every time something doesn't go their way. I'm looking for a people that do not question me when I don't show up on their time because I don't operate on your time I operate on my time why do I operate on my time because I created time and I am time and when I do show up I'm always on time God said I heard you the first time but I can't fix it quite yet huh. unanswered prayers Rough on the faith. You ever prayed? You're like, God, where are you? Unanswered prayers. But I heard you. I just can't do it right now. I can't lift that thing right now off of you. Van, help me out. I can't move that thing off of you right now. I can't pull you out of that right now. Because if I do it right now, I won't get the glory for it. <laughs> See, because if I brought you out today, people would give your counselor the glory. <laughs> if I brought you out yesterday, people would give the medication that that doctor prescribed to you the glory. Oh, some people say, oh, it must have been their talents that got them out of that. They can get themselves out of it. It must have been their wit and their quit thinking and their brains that got them out. Sometimes God has got to get you to the place where you know that if God doesn't do it, it will never get done. 
Sometimes God's got to get you to the place where you wake up and we're saying, God, if you do not intervene, I will never conquer this thing. I've tried to drink it away. I've tried to sleep it away. I've tried to marry it away. I've tried to divorce it away. And nothing can fix the issue. God, if you don't intervene, sometimes God just want to get you to that place where it's like, God, if you don't solve this, it will always be a mystery. Sometimes God has got to get you to the place where it's a testimony. And whenever somebody says, how did you do it? You just stand up and say, it was the Lord. I don't know how in the world. Let me tell you something. All I can say, it was the Lord. Sometimes God has got to get you to the very place. God has got, God, God has got to get you to the place where everything that's coming out of your mouth is pointing to Him. Everything that's coming out of you is coming to Him. And sometimes God has got to get you to the place where you just say, Oh God, I don't know how it happened, but to God be the glory for doing great things. Would you get upon your feet this morning with me? To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Tell somebody God is up to something. How do you know God is up to something? Because I'm in something I can't get myself out of. How do you know when God is up to something? When you look around and there's a mountain in front of you. When you look around and there's water all around you. How do I know that God is up to something in my life? Because I'm in the middle of something Chase Holsenbach cannot fix. When it, how do I know God is up to something? When I'm in a situation and it feels like my spiritual hands are tied behind my back. The situation is beyond me. It's bigger than me. I can't do this alone. That can only mean one thing. God is up to something.